0: Previously, on The Tony Kornheiser Show. You know, he ran creditably against Life is Good when Life is Good was at his best. He's trained by Bob Rafferty, the king of derby trainers. And, uh, he, you know, he's run a speed figure, at least as good as most of the, the horses in this race. And he's 15 to 1 in the morning line. So Medina Spirit is my shot for glory on Saturday.
1: The Tony Kornizer Show is
0: on now.
1: That was two weeks ago today. Andy Beyer came on the show, picked Medina Spirit. Medina Spirit won. I called him about 20 minutes after the race, and he answered the phone by saying, King of the world. <laughs> so Andy is with us again. I've got a lot of questions general about the horse racing business and Bob Baffert before we get to your pick in the Preakness. And the first one is, if the if the second test is positive... And that means two out of two are positive. I think it's called a split sample. We don't have it in front of us now, and we may not, even before the Belmont, for all I know. But if it is positive, they're gonna have to take the horse down as the winner of the Derby anyway, regardless of what happens in the preakness. What does that do to Bob Baffert?
0: Well, it uh, it leaves him suspended for a while, I imagine. Uh, you know, and I think that's gonna happen. Uh um it's uh uh I, it's it's hard for me to imagine the scenario where all this is going to go away i mean i think that as it often does when bafford gets into trouble but uh um, there's uh there's just uh you know too much smoke surrounding this circumstance and uh uh i mean unless there was a Uh, You know, a a screw up at the lab on the first test. Uh, He, you know, it's 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 going to be a positive. Medina Spirit will be disqualified. Uh, Medun will be the official winner of the Kentucky Derby, and uh, uh, you know, and I I, and Bob Baffert's reputation and you know, kind of the sports image are really going to take a further hit that nobody needs.
1: All right, so let, let me get to this. I, so I don't think there's an appeal. I mean, I think that if the two tests are positive, that's the way it goes, and there's no further court, or maybe there is a further court. But would it matter if this particular drug were applied topically as opposed to injected into the horse? Would that matter to horse racing people?
0: Um, well, the the whole you know the the whole story about. The oint, the topical ointment, mm-hmm. uh, you know, I think has a, a lot of people scratching their heads. I mean, Baffert made a public, called a press conference, made a public statement, said, "I've, I've, ne- <laughs> you know, I've, I, I've never given, uh, uh, you know, uh, beta methasone to, to this horse." You know, one day later, it was. Oh, by the way, you know we, you know uh, we we were using an ointment uh, that that Mm -hmm. contained Mm -hmm. it. I mean, how do you not know this? Uh, The uh, uh, I saw a photograph of the box that you know that contains this ointment. I mean, it has um, in big letters on it: beta methasone. (laughs) It says you know something to the effect, you know, do do not. uh, do not use without the supervision of a veterinarian i mean bafford i mean the, you know the greatest trainer in America didn't know uh, what he was applying to the horse. his vet didn't know it just you know the 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 whole story Tony just seemed so uh you know you know, seemed like such a stretch, so implausible that I think people, including myself, who had long been Baffert fans and Baffert defenders, said, "Uh, this just just makes no sense. I can't believe it.
1: There's another overall question that I have. This drug is legal to give, but it can't show up in your system the day of the race. Why are drugs legal to use, but not legal to be in the horse's system?
0: Well, because uh, there are a lot of, um, uh, uh, you know, I mean, horses have lots of injuries and aches and pains, and you want to treat them. Uh, You know, you've, uh, uh, you know, when, you know, when, you know, when you're, you know, when your back aches, you can you might go to the CVS and get a tube of lidocaine. When right. when your back is really bad, you know, you might you know you you maybe you've had some cortis uh, uh, corticosteroid shots in your in your day, as I have. I mean, they are significant. You know, p- potent drugs. You know, used yep. for medical purposes, uh, but because of their potency. Uh, you uh, you want to make sure that they they don't affect the horse's performance. You don't want to have rules that say, uh, gee, if a horse is sick, if a horse has you know has a, a leg injury, we, you know we we can't do anything about it. So so that that's why they okay. they, they they draw these rules, but it but but it creates a lot of. Uh, you know, a lot of possibilities for uh, for controversy because you somehow or another you've got to define how much you know can be in the horse's system or how long you have to go between the injection and actually racing the horse. It's it's, okay. it's, uh, it's
1: tough. This is a speculative question. That's why I'm asking you. I would have thought that all of this controversy would affect the betting on the Preakness on Medina Spirit, I would have thought his odds would get longer rather than shorter, that most betters would say, well, he was on drugs in the Kentucky Derby, so absent those drugs, he won't be as good. Am I right or am I wrong on that?
0: it's, it's uh, It's hard to compare the Derby and the Preakness because so many of the the top horses who were in the Derby um, uh, you know did, were, were not entered back in the Preakness and so you know you you look at the the field and even if you say well I'm a little skeptical of Medina's spirit uh, mm-hmm. but where am I gonna go <laughs> um, you know plus they have tested the horse at Pimlico right. uh, already he, he passed the first test. So, I, you know, I think that I think the drug issue in in terms of betting the as, as I look at the race in terms of, you know, of betting the Preakness is, is probably really not an issue.
1: OK, one last question before we have you handicap the race. Will Bob Baffert's not physical presence? You know, he's in California. He's not going to the Preakness. Will his lack of physical presence? Pref- Presence have any effect on the race in your mind on his horse uh,
2: no
0: I mean people people who who know the operate the, the Bafford operation better than I do says his assistant Jimmy Barnes uh, you know, r- runs the show to uh you know a, you know a fair extent I mean he, the, he, you know mm-hmm. he is more than capable of doing ev- of you know everything necessary to be done.
1: All right, you won the Derby. You don't often win the Derby. You won the Derby; it was great. Who's going to win the Preakness?
0: Well, let me say one thing about the Derby. Uh, you know, I had a, you know, a, a, a solid reasons for liking Medina's Spirit. His last, his most recent race it didn't look all that good on paper. It was really mu- much better than it than it looked. Now he's got that Kentucky Derby win on the pa- the paper, and you know it, one thing you you have to say about the Derby, everything went right for him. He mm-hmm. he got to the rail. He saved ground. There you know, nobody put in. You know you didn't have other horses putting really intense pressure on him. Uh, two of two of the. Two of his rivals, who could have been up there vying for the lead, you know, had trouble coming out of the gate. I mean, everything, uh, everything w- went right for him. It was a perfect trip, and he, you know, and with four horses stretched across the track, separated by a length and a half, he 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 eked out a win. Well my general feeling as a handicapper is that when a horse has won a race with everything going right, which doesn't happen very often in a 19 horse field, you don't want to bet him back. He will be over bet. You know, he, uh, he will probably be proved to be not quite as good as he looked in the derby. And so even before all the drug stuff, uh, erupted, um, my aim was to try to find a way of beating him. I thought the I thought the Derby, the beaten Derby favorite, essential quality. Uh, if he had run at, at uh, you know at Pimlico, would have definitely been been the you know the one to win the Preakness. Now you know this field is pretty weak, and you have to <laughs> stretch a bit to. Uh, You know, to find somebody to beat Medina Spirit, but I have stretched and I have found Midnight Bourbon.
1: Uh, Midnight Bourbon. Midnight Bourbon.
0: In the he the uh, the best horses, for the most part, that uh, run you know prepping for the Derby this winter were all in were were in Louisiana. I mean the uh, the the two three four. Finishers in in the Derby, you know, all had been running in the stakes race in stakes races in Louisiana, and Midnight Bourbon was down there, and he was, you know, he was, he was knocking heads with those good horses, and he figured to be a Kentucky Derby contender. Uh, He broke alertly in the Derby was expected to be very close to the lead and instead he had a little trouble and then jockey Mike Smith took hold of him and I watched the film several times I don't know what the heck he was doing but somehow Midnight Bourbon instead of being up there for the lead you know was like you know a dozen lengths behind and I mean, he rallied uh, uh, semi-effectually and finished like a distant sixth, eighth, like behind the winner. But I, I think with if he gets just, uh, you know, just a, a reasonable trip uh, uh, on on Saturday, he he can very much turn the tables. Uh, uh, on Medina Spirit I mean he's got one of the top trainers in the country a hall of famer Steve Asmussen just the fact that he brings the horse to Pimlico after a bad loss is a positive sign he 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 makes a jockey change to Irad Ortiz Jr arguably the best jockey in the country he's got the speed to be you know right up there pressing the lead so i think that um uh, <clears throat> that he, 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 there, there's just a lot, a lot of logic pointing to him. Uh, I'm in a uh in in uh, in go, trying to go for a little bit of a home run in this race. I'm gonna play Midnight Berman over a real long shot. Keep me in mind, who who also was a mile back early in the Kentucky Derby and, you know, ran a race similar to Medina spirit. But I, you know, I think, uh, I don't know. I think there's a, you know, some bad karma in the air for Bob, for Bob Baffert. And this is a, a rare chance to say, okay, we're going to beat Baffert.
1: Andy, I hope you win. All the listeners who bet with you, hope you win. We'll talk to you before the Belmont. Thanks, Andy.
0: Okay, well, don't double up on this. (laughs) It's not as clear cut as I saw in the derby, but I, well, it's going to be interesting.
1: (laughs) Andy Beyer, boys and girls, king of the world. We will take a break when we come back. Mark Feinstein of MLB.com joins us. I am Tony Kornheiser. You're listening to The Tony Kornheiser Show.
3: The Tony Kornheiser Show.
1: This is a new read that Michael and I are both very excited about because we know one of the people who's involved in the company. We know Austin Branson. These days, there are so many reasons to celebrate and so many big holidays coming up, like Father's Day. There's one company that is known to be a big, huge hit on Father's Day. That is Smathers and Branson. In 2004, Peter Smathers and Austin Branson, and I know his dad, Bob, very well, were in college, and they were best friends, and they had a nice girlfriend but they had each had girlfriends who made them both a hand-stitched needlepoint belt as a gift. After graduating Bowdoin College, Peter and Austin ventured to make these belts accessible to all with Smathers and Branson, a company that honors the hand-stitched tradition of needlepoint while making designs cool enough for men to actually want to wear them. They are not your grandmother's needlepoint. Products are made with the highest quality materials from 100% hand-stitched needlepoint to vegetable-tanned Italian leather. The offerings have expanded greatly, starting with the traditional needlepoint belt. They now include a huge line of accessories, home goods, golf accessories, Christmas stockings, and their brand new loafers. They have licensed, officially licensed, for over 115 college and universities, MLB, NFL, and NHL, limited edition championship collections for those above leagues, the Rolling Stones, Arnold Palmer, Jack Nicklaus, Formula One. So what this means is they can put emblems on these belts, right? Is emblems the right word?
4: Yes, and if, and if you don't mind my, my sharing Please. a quick story, it's, it's amazing for me to think how long this company's been around because I think about all the life moments that I've had, and I'll just share, share something. You wouldn't think key fobs. We get a key fob for every meaningful move that we have, so when we, get a, when we moved into our new house, we got the DC flag, and that became the stroller key as we were looking forward to having the boys and you start to look. You have the Rehoboth key fob that has. I the do recognized for the, the little house. Yeah, and one of the one of the nicest gifts my in laws after the Nats won the World Series got me the official
1: 2019 Nats World Series coasters. That's great. really it looks nice. great in the living room. Is that yeah? Is that as good as the towels that I got you? Uh, I framed them for you. Framed them for you. You can get a life belt. You can you know you can get the important dates or things in your life. Monograms. Yeah, it, it's really cool. It uh, honestly, this is really cool. To the life belt builder, you are able to become the designer, choosing from over a 1,000 motifs to create a belt that you'll enjoy for years to come. So go online to www.smathersandbranson.com. I will spell it for you. S-M-A-T-H-E-R-S-A-N-D-B-R-A-N-S-O-N. Smathersandbranson.com to view their entire offering today. If you shop today, you get 15% off your entire order plus free shipping with the code TONYK. That's 15% off everything. From their classic needlepoint belts to their newly released loafers, golf accessories, everything in between. Smathersandbranson.com promo code Tony K. Smathersandbranson.com promo code Tony K. We endorse this. We know this work. We really like this work.
3: This is the Tony Kornheiser Show.
1: This is a song called While I'm Still Around. It's written and performed by Eric Hamilton in Nashville. The backstory is that he had a cancer diagnosis and it was done while he was in the midst of chemo and radiation. It's a rumination on life and the power of love, obviously, the song, when I'm, while I'm still around. And his musical friends in Nashville and beyond gathered to perform on the song. This is sent to us by Bill Fletcher, who's a little, and this is lovely. Lovely. This is Eric Hamilton. I'll shut up for about 15 seconds so you can hear it.
5: Repeat that just so I'm clear. You see, there's something wrong lately with my ear. I might not have heard you right. Yeah, you heard me right,
1: boy. Eric Hamilton, and he plays in Mark Feinsand of MLB.com, and there's a lot of questions I can ask, and eight to ten of them are about Brad Hand and how much I hate him, but I'm not going to go there yet. I'm not going to go there because the news in baseball, the news in baseball is clear. It is what is happening with the Yankees. It is the fact that Gleyber Torres and, and Phil Nevin and other people on the Yankees who had been vaccinated during spring training have contracted the coronavirus in what is an outbreak, not so much with the players so far, but with staff people with the Yankees. This goes against everything that we sort of believe about vaccinations. Um, the cases are mostly asymptomatic. They are not serious. So in the greater scheme of things, that's wondrous. Because it means if you contract it, your chances of being really ill have gone down enormously. But by the same token, Mark, what is baseball saying about what has happened with the Yankees, and I guess with San Diego as well? Although I don't know if the people in San Diego had already been vaccinated.
2: Well, you know, I don't. Baseball itself is saying, but I think the Yankees and and you know the, the parties that have been involved are saying that the fact that everybody's asymptomatic is certainly a positive. Uh, You know, Mm -hmm. baseball aside, as a a fully vaccinated person, it's sort of terrifying to think that you can still contract this thing,
6: um,
2: you know, after being vaccinated. But I guess the plus on that is that they all have been asymptomatic. Uh, The Yankees announced, when they announced that Gleyber Torres had tested positive, they not only said he was fully vaccinated, but that he had COVID in the offseason. So, you know, this sort of think, maybe we don't know, maybe we don't know everything about this after all, yet. you know, again, I think the fact that, that everybody's asymptomatic is a positive uh, for, you know, for everybody involved. But, uh, you know, I think it it sort of stresses that the protocols that the teams have put in place are going to have to stay in place, even if uh, teams are vaccinated, because these things can still happen.
1: I don't know who's on the Yankee schedule coming up, but if I'm on that team, I'm not so sure I want to play the Yankees. I mean, this happens in all sports, obviously, what are you hearing around the league from other teams who may have to play the Yankees?
2: Not much. I mean, you know, other than where they are right now in Tampa Bay, the games are outside, uh, and they're in opposite dugouts. And you know, I don't. I don't think anybody's looking at this any differently in terms of who they're playing because the people who have been uh, who have tested positive are not there. Uh, they're obviously being quarantined and, right. and right. you know, staying away from the team. Um, but if if a whole bunch more players continue to have positive, then I think you'll have an issue where the leagues would have to think about um, you know shelving some of their games until they uh, can figure this out
1: What is with the padres tatis is a big star he's it, i don't know if he's got it or if it's by contact tracing but he's out for a while what what's their deal
2: yeah same same deal I mean you know the, the thing that we've we've seen with with all the COVID uh, protocols and all the COVID stuff since, you know, since last year is you don't really know, right. We talked about this last month with John Lester, where he had been out for a while. and We didn't know. Did he have it? Was it just tracing? Was it uh, close contact? You know, unless players will reveal what they, you know, say that they're willing to say that they have COVID, they're not allowed, teams aren't allowed to announce it. So, uh, you know, to the Chiefs is out, obviously they're, they're waiting to get him back. He's a, an integral part to their team. He's one of the biggest stars in the league. Um, You know, I think everybody around the league and everybody who's involved with the game is hoping that this has not become a league-wide situation where you keep having big stars, uh, you know, sidelined on the COVID IL.
1: So at my age, I couldn't wait to get the shots. And most people I know could not wait to get the shots. If they're waiting now, they're anxious to get the shots. They want shots for their children as well. But I don't know about players in baseball. I don't know what they think. What is your sense about players? Do they want to be vaccinated? Is there a sizable amount of, amount of players who say, I don't want it. I just don't want it.
2: The majority of the guys that I've spoken to or, or spoken about uh, seem seem to want it. Um, you know, there's been some incentives that teams teams that are 85% vaccinated can ease some of the restrictions. Of course, now what's going on with the Yankees, you wonder, is that is that smart? Um, right. But, But I don't know. I mean, you know, I think it's a personal decision. Uh, They're not going to tell you who's vaccinated. They're not going to tell you who's not vaccinated. And you're basically going to have to just, uh, you know, the teams that get to the 85% threshold announce that, and the league announces that. Um, And so you you get a sense of which teams are more apt to have a clubhouse full of guys who want to get vaccinated. Um, But I will say that the more that you hear about these breakthrough positives of guys who were vaccinated – Anybody who's on the, on the fence about it may say, well, if I can still get it, why am I going to get vaccinated?
1: See, this is very interesting. I mean, we are, uh, all of us listening to this, we are the guinea pigs in this medical experiment. 20 years from now, there'll be all sorts of scientific data to describe what happened to all of us and why it happened. But right now, there isn't. And, and the sort of reveal of science moves slowly or quickly, but also, as we are now seeing, is not 100% accurate. If I I don't want to work in a workplace where everybody isn't vaccinated. That's me personally. I don't want to. But I think on a lot of these sports teams, you have to, because I'm really not sure that everybody wants to get vaccinated. And I wonder how it works in the clubhouse. You don't even go to the clubhouse. Like, you know, coverage guys, they can't get to the clubhouse. I wonder how it works. You know, that's why I'm asking. You must wonder as well. Yeah,
2: absolutely. Uh, you know, I'm, I'm with you in that I'm much more comfortable in spaces where people have been vaccinated. I, like you, couldn't wait to get vaccinated when when there was that that possibility out there. Um, but I think, you know, it's, it's a personal thing and I don't think you're going to have uh, people putting pressure on others to do it if they don't want to. Um, I haven't been in a clubhouse since October of 2019, which is yeah. very strange. And, um, yeah. you know, this is, this has been a huge part of my job for the past two decades. And it's really odd to be doing all your interviews on zoom and on the phone. But I think until they can figure this out and get it under control, they're not going to open the clubhouses. There may be a situation where you can get down on the field for batting practice, which we also haven't been able to do for uh, a year and a half. Um, but it's going to be a slow process because there just is so much uncertainty. Uh, and I think that uncertainty is going to be there for a while.
1: People who are sports writers, you know, I mean, I'll just use that generically. This is dreadful for them. Every single thing we learned about how to cover a team, how to cover an event, how to cover a sport, we don't have access to it. It's really weird. I'll I'll give you some baseball questions. What's the latest, by the way, on Albert Pujols? Has he found a landing spot?
2: Uh, so he cleared waivers, which means that the Angels are now responsible for paying the rest of his $30 million salary this year, which means mm-hmm. any team that wants to pick him up can pick him up for the league minimum Free. prorated. So yeah. Yeah. now it's going to be a question of, does a team think that Albert Pujols can help them? He's been a um, you know below-average player the past few years. Um, he still can hit the ball out. I think he had five home runs this year in his playing time before he was uh, designated for assignment. Um, but he wants to be an everyday player. That was part of the reason why he had this uh, separation from the Angels is that they didn't want him to be an everyday player anymore. They had Jared Walsh at first, and they basically said you're not going to be an everyday player, and I think that was not okay with him. And they, for both sides, said, you know, they'll be better off without having him as a bench player because he doesn't want to be a bench player. So now the question is, is there a team out there willing to make him an everyday or even a part, you know, platoon player? I don't know. Uh, You know, based on his performance the last few years, I'm not sure there is. Uh, so it'll be interesting to see, does he try to hang on? Does he wait for some team to have an injury at first base, like we've seen so many free agents do, uh, you know, in the past couple of years where they just sort of waited out until some team has an opening that they need somebody? Uh, it's, it's, it's unfortunate. This guy had one of the great careers we've seen in this era. Uh, his first 10 years were up there with the first 10 years of almost anybody you could name. Um, and it's, it's unfortunate to see a first ballot Hall of Famer go out like this But it reminds you that for every Derek Jeter, Chipper Jones, Mariano Rivera farewell tour, uh, you have guys who go out like this. Not everybody gets to go out on their own terms and Albert Pujols is learning that the hard way.
1: I noticed that Pedro Martinez and David Ortiz, among others, felt and said publicly that he was treated badly by the Angels. Do you think he was treated badly by the Angels? Because I I sort of got the sense that this was a mutual agreement that they said, you know, we can't play every day anymore. And he said, then get me out of here.
2: Yeah, I would say it was probably more mutual than not, um, just because I don't think Albert wanted to be a bench player, uh, and the Angels weren't going to keep him in the everyday lineup. So, uh, I think you know everybody that you spoke to in Albert has yet to really come out and say anything, uh, but but everybody that I've spoken to said that this was a situation where it was just better for both sides for this to happen. Um, so, did the Angels treat him badly? I don't know. I mean, I don't think it was. I don't think anybody wanted this to be the way it ended. Uh, you know, I don't think the Angels went into the season saying, you know, God, we can't wait to get rid of this guy. Uh, and if Jared Walsh hadn't emerged as a, a really, you know, much better option at first base, maybe it wouldn't mm-hmm. have happened. Um, but it did. And like I said, it's, it's, it's unfortunate to see it. But far more players than not are told when to retire versus choosing when to retire.
1: Uh, let me stay out in California. Um, the Dodgers. I think the Dodgers are easily by far. The best team in baseball but you can't prove it by what's happened to them lately what is going on with the dodgers
2: that's a really good question and one that everybody that i talked to nobody has an answer i mean we're talking about a month ago this team was 13 and 2 and people were already talking about is this going to be the greatest team of all time uh and here we are a month later and they're hovering around 500 they've been dreadful for a month or, or three or four weeks And uh, and nobody can figure it out. I did a poll recently with 25 executives around the league. And one of the questions I had was, who's the best team in baseball? And at this point, the Dodgers have lost, like, 9 of 12. So they were in their slide already. 24 of the 25 answered the Dodgers. One answered the Padres. (laughs) Other than that, everybody else said, I know they're playing poorly right now, but they're still the best team in baseball. I think most people still believe that. Their pitching is still good. Obviously, the Dustin May injury hurts them a little bit, but that's the back end of their rotation. They're still... Got plenty of pitching. Uh, you know, Cody Bellinger being out is certainly uh, you know taking a big bat out of their lineup. He'll be back at some point. That'll kind of be like a trade deadline acquisition for them almost. Um, I, I've yet to meet anybody who's really concerned that this is going to be a long-term thing. Uh, but the longer it goes on, the more you have to sit here and say, is something wrong? Do they have to fix something right now? Nobody seems to the think they do.
1: All right, I'll get you out of here on this, and it's a general, very general question, and it's based on all these no hitters and games that I watch, in which the team that I root for never scores any runs. I mean, okay, in the third of four games they scored ten, but they lose the other three by scoring zero to two or something like that. Are pitchers, are pitchers killing baseball at the moment?
2: <laughs> I don't know if pitchers are killing baseball. I think a whole bunch of things are. Uh, sort of coming together to really hurt the offensive side of the game. And uh, it's funny to think that the league did something to deaden the ball to try to reduce home runs, yeah. and now nobody yeah. can score. Uh, pitchers are better. <laughs> I think just the, the way pitchers are deployed uh, is really impacting the game in terms of most starting pitchers go two times through the lineup, and then you've got a different guy throwing 98 coming out of the bullpen every inning, uh, which makes it impossible for hitters to sort of find a rhythm against a guy Um, shifts. There's just so many different things that have gone into it. And I applaud Major League Baseball for doing what they're doing in the minor leagues this year, where they're trying different rules in a bunch of different leagues to see, Okay, so we're banning the shift. Everybody, you have to have two guys on each side of the second base in this league. In this league, everybody has to, you know, all infielders have to be in the infield dirt. Um, You know, they're trying different things to see. I know Theo Epstein, that's a big part of why he's working for the league right now. They're trying to figure it out. They're trying to figure out how to make the game more entertaining because, you know, old-school fans like yourself and myself are going to watch the game because we love baseball, no matter what That's it looks right. like. The young fans, there's a lot of options for them. So uh, I think it's a matter of figuring out how to make the game a little more exciting. Uh, I heard CEO recently interviewed, and he said that their, all of their polling data shows that the three plays the fans love the most are doubles, triples, and stolen bases. and so those are the three plays that have gone down, Uh, as drastically as any other play in the game. So they need to figure something out. I think they have some smart people working on it, and hopefully at some point they will.
1: Triples are cool because there's always a throw. There's always a throw. There's always a slide. There's no stand-up triples in America. It doesn't work that way. Thank you, Mark. We'll talk soon. Thanks, Tony. Mark Feinstein, boys and girls of uh, MLB.com. We will take a break. We'll have a news segment with Leon and with Tori when we return. I'm Tony Kornheiser. You're listening to The Tony Kornheiser Show. This is the Zip Recruiter ad, and it's sort of piggybacks um, after Mark Feinstein and what he talked about with baseball. Because the first line is, good news for diehard MLB fans. You're being allowed to attend games this season where you sit in pods with your groups. Sporting arenas aren't the only places that are slowly returning to normal. Businesses everywhere are making the gradual shift towards normalcy, which means more hiring, and that's where Zip Recruiter comes in. Right now, you can try it for free. Only at ZipRecruiter.com slash Tony. Why are millions of businesses fans of ZipRecruiter? Because ZipRecruiter makes hiring faster and easier. First, when you post a job on ZipRecruiter, it gets sent out to over 100 top job sites in just one click. Then ZipRecruiter's matching technology finds people with the right experience for your job and actively invites them to apply. No wonder four out of five employers who post on ZipRecruiter get a quality candidate within the first day. Right now, you can try ZipRecruiter for free. Only at ZipRecruiter. See why companies go wild for ZipRecruiter when you go to ZipRecruiter.com slash T-O-N-Y. ZipRecruiter, the smartest way to hire. This is the Tony Kornheiser Show. This is a song called Fight Dirty. It's by the Fight Dirties. (laughs) I'm going to read this letter from Jacob Tavis, who writes, I write you from the isolation of my basement in solidarity with your interminable stay in the attic. While I'm watching my little brother throw his first game for your Binghamton Rumble ponies. It wasn't his best outing of his career, but he had no run support and multiple fielding errors working against him. From minor league met, that's practically Jake DeGrom territory. On a serious note, last Friday was a milestone in that remarkable young man's life. Sam managed to get picked up as a free agent in the COVID era after being unable to pitch since August of 2018 with injuries and surgeries. His raw determination and mental toughness have come to define him, and I could not be prouder of the man he is or the role model he's become to my two young sons. I'm sure he and they will be very confused as to why an orange doctor of humane letters is broadcasting his comeback to the world, but we thank you the same. (laughs) And he says, I enclose the title single from my band, The Fight Dirties. We're a straight-ahead rock group that has never played in the same room together, and you can find us on Spotify and elsewhere online. Isn't that nice? This is called Fight Dirty. Michael, if people like the Fight Dirties or Eric Hamilton before them want to send in their original music, how do they do it? Send us your music by
4: emailing it to jingles at TonyCornizershow.com. And do we have a Johnny O code? Yes, TK May, not Dustin May, which might be easy to confuse if you're an L.A. Dodgers fan. But yeah, TK May. Ginger uh Check out all of the hanging out shirts as you get ready to hang out okay. socially.
1: All right, we're going to do some news. We've got Leon, we've got Tori for news. Before we get to that, I just want to bring something up to Leon. Uh, Wendy Rieger, the other day, had Michael tape me uh, just Uh saying, I guess, something congratulatory to Pat Collins. 35 years. That's 35 years at the same stand. Leon, that's a long time, right? That's a long time.
6: And that's why it was worth celebrating, because it'll never happen again. You know, that's the kind of thing that, you know, it's the end of an era. People will not be able to stay at one station that long anymore. Um, You know, the, the way the game has changed, the technology that's changed, the way we do what we do. Um, and, and, and the mobility that people have right now, jeez, uh, I just you, you don't see that kind of thing happening ever again. So we had to celebrate him. By the way, I want to ask you. You did, yeah. a, you did a great job. You got a laugh out of going against that, that 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 alone is a milestone. Was that was that, <laughs> that your makes front me ha- yard or
1: your backyard you were in? That was, we were in the front yard. It was the front yard. Tony
4: refused to do it a second time because there's a trash <laughs> truck going up. So if you actually look at this, this was the second time. I think Nigel clipped it, but you can see a sour look on dad's face as he goes, really, I
1: have to do this again? Yeah, but I want, I just want the snow stick. I think everybody has, wants the snow stick. We just want the snow stick. I want to I take it, it and hit Pat in the head with
7: charity. it. You can, make, you can make a lot of money if you auction that off for some nice charity.
1: What, if I got yeah. a Pat Collins snow stick? Yeah. I don't well, you I want to it it the auction it off. <laughs> <laughs> I want to put but it now, up on the wall. I want to put it up on the wall.
6: You know, I think it's cool. like he, he treats those things like they are no bells. There's, there's yeah. no way. Nobody gets one for free.
1: I just think it's really good. It's really good. He does okay. a great walk and talk as well. For he does. Those features. Oh, he does. He The walk and talk is great that he does. He, you know, he's wonderful. Wonderful. And he also is always standing out in front of my friend John Connor's BP station on Connecticut Avenue. That's,
6: right, that's his spot. That's his spot. Yeah.
1: That's what he does. All right, Nigel, go ahead. Let's do news.
8: Well, thank you, Mr. Tony. Speaking of John Connor's uh, BP station, we hope that he has gas in that station because there are several. And when I say several, many gas stations in the D.C. area who without gas right now, this is due to the cyber attack that shut down the Colonial Pipeline last Friday, I believe. Now, the Colonial Pipeline people have said they're back up and running and it will take several days for the supply to return to normal levels, as you and I discussed before the show, several could mean three or it could mean thirty-three. We're not exactly That's sure right. on that. We hope it's on the shorter end of that. But uh, customers drained more than seventeen thousand stations across the southeast as they uh, raced to get ga- uh, gas before it uh, before their stations ran out. Here so let me East-
1: let me let me just.
8: Uh, I'm going to ask a question first of Tory
1: and then of Leon, but first of Tory and a different one for Leon. You are, you know, you go back and forth to Sperryville. You've been doing that for a long time. What have, have yes. you needed gas? Have what has your experience been with this?
7: Well, for reasons not worth going into, but it involved sitting on the Pennsylvania Turnpike for ten hours once because I ran out of gas. I oh, yeah. seldom have less than two thirds of a tank of gas, so I almost <laughs> always have close to a full tank of gas. So I felt right. pretty good about this. But I do. The other day, when the governor of uh, Virginia declared a state of emergency. We are an easily panicked people, and I think that contributed to the panic. And I, I, thought, I thought it was nuts. And you think this is done by the Russians whomever hacking into a, a one gas pipeline. Think of the chaos that somebody could create if they hacked into ATMs. I think it is That's so true. easy to panic us because people didn't have to do what they did. But there were maniacs out there with plastic bags, putting gasoline in plastic bags to take them home.
1: That's so insane. That's actually yes, yeah. insane Indeed. to yeah, do, that. That. And so do that. Tori,
7: yeah.
3: <laughs> Tori didn't
6: need so that. She's got horses.
1: That's right. That's you can right. always get around. Always so, Leon, from a news standpoint, <laughs> this, is, this is horrifying that this can be done so easily. And the notion that people yeah. paid a $5 million ransom already, um, what, are, what are your thoughts about is this story in, in some ways undercovered?
6: You know what? I don't know if, I don't know if it's been undercovered um, so much as it, has, as it really hasn't been taken seriously um, by our leadership. Listen, the, there, was, there was legislation proposed uh, a, a couple of years ago that, that would mandate that big businesses like the Colonial Pipeline do more to secure their, their data. And there was a certain party that that refused to say that they refused to back it because they said it was an unfair burden to make uh, businesses pay more to uh, secure their own data. And now we're learning what what happens, and as we as we become to become more and more dependent upon things like oh, electricity uh, and and things that we take for granted like getting gasoline, but there there have been voices in the media for for years. that have been saying we're not doing enough to protect those. All it takes is one hacker. And if you take down the electricity grid, and it's not that easy, not that hard to do, if you ask the folks in Texas, uh, you you could basically cripple this country. And you can see, as we've learned over the past year, we're not very good at making sacrifices. So all it takes is one little ripple like that to just set off this kind of a
1: panic. So I will say that I am old enough to remember the gas lines that I was on in New York on, on Long Island where in oh, alter- yeah. alternate days, depending on the number of your license plate, yep. what it ended with, yep. odd or even, yep. you could get gas. And you sometimes waited two and three hours to get gas and, of course, ran out of gas while you were waiting. Um, and, and the notion that, that there's a vulnerability to this, I mean, you know, you got to dispatch, I'm sorry, you have to dispatch commandos, to stop this yeah. to find out who's hacking into the system they've got to be brought to justice or am i being a maniac when i say that you know like you you, you you're not
7: being a maniac at all as leon said the, the bad guys and let's just point at russia and china for now are trying to hack into all sorts of different systems every single day every yeah. single day
6: and they only have to be successful once you know right. those it, who are trying an to an act it's from an them. act
1: of terror is it not an yeah. act of terror seems yeah. to me it is but, you so. know,
6: the other scary thing about it is that the, the uh, emblematic of the climate that we're in right now, people don't
1: believe anything.
6: You know, there right. are people, you could tell them, okay, this is coming, and they'll, 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 <laughs> they'll, they will they'll choose to refuse to believe it in the face of all evidence. People, like we're telling people the pipeline is going to be okay, so you don't need to, to freak out. You'll get gasoline. If you got a quarter of a tank, you're going to make it for the next couple of days, so just, just settle down. But people don't want to believe anything they hear in, in the quote unquote. Mainstream media, because of the climate that we're living in, so they're going to they choose to panic anyway it's, it's just sort of you, you throw that into the mix along with the fact that this, this is terror and that they only have to be successful one time this really right. we're kind of like you know, teetering right now
1: i will I will say what? that when you see people putting actual liquid gas. In a suitcase? <laughs> Whoa. What, what are you doing? What are you doing? Do you understand the risks of that? But if you get in the car
4: every after every news break, they're they're returning with fifty five percent of gas stations are empty. In I understand, right. right? but what Man. I would
1: say, what, what I what I meant, Leon, was like the emphasis has always been on in this particular story the mm-hmm. deleterious effects on the consumer. But I think the emphasis should be on the hacking. And what you know, and, yeah. and what is being done to prevent this or or actually combat it, you know. Yeah. So I don't know.
6: Okay. Well, there's also go the ahead, question Nike. about whether or not they should have paid the ransom. You know, the FBI right. has right. always, you know, discouraged yep. people from doing that. And now, they, does this just encourage more and more hackers to go out and do it? Does this take the lid off now?
1: Well, well, there and- are there are governments that would not pay the ransom. Governments mm-hmm. would not. Private industry is different.
8: Go ahead. And, and I don't know if this makes it better. The group, uh, the, the hacking group, has been identified as a group called Darkside. It's either in mm-hmm. Russia or Eastern Europe somewhere. And apparently early or it's, this week-
1: Or it's around the corner. Or it's <laughs> around the corner <laughs> on Connecticut <laughs> Avenue, because right. you don't
8: know. Could be in Dumfries. <laughs> right. We don't know. But yeah, apparently right. they released a statement earlier this week that said, we're in the business of making money. We didn't intend to disrupt society. Really? So really? <laughs> sort of apolo- Oh, they apologized. Well, I guess everything's fine then. I'm yes. waiting I'm yeah. waiting for their yeah. first <laughs> album to come out. I'm waiting for them to be rock and roll shows. <laughs> (laughs) (laughs) Uh, Mr. Tony some good news on the masking front the CDC has issued an update to their guidelines on that uh, particularly for people who are fully vaccinated um, releasing basically people uh, who are fully vaccinated to to conduct themselves uh, without a mask outdoors in virtually any situation Um, really the only place where they're saying that people with masks uh, should definitely still be masked regardless of the um, if they're vaccinated or not or public transportation you know buses uh, planes things of that. That nature. Yeah, I will only um, add one: the Yankee clubhouse. And the Yankee since all clubhouse. of those people have been <laughs> <Yes>. fully
1: vaccinated, <laughs> and then they and then they got it again. Leon, Tori, are you feeling more comfortable when you're inside? When you're outside, is there a comfort level?
6: I'm sorry, I'm one of the people who says I'm not ready to stop wearing a mask just yet. um I, I get my second shot Saturday. You know, talk to me in about three weeks. You know, and I'll, I'll yeah. see about that then. But what gets me is that this may just be I don't know. This may provide cover for the people who said they were not never going to get vaccinated anyway. You know, this That's may right. just, I agree. for them, it just may justify them.
1: Tori?
7: I'm going to connect our last story with this one. I'm willing to bet that those people who are putting gasoline in plastic bags <laughs> in two cases are the same people who will not get vaccinated because they think it's unsafe. I'm just going out my window here, but I think. Right. I would like to see that I Venn like diagram, I, yes. You know, I'm a few weeks... Yeah, I'm a few weeks past the second shot. So I feel pretty good getting on a plane later today. I'll be wearing a mask on the plane in close quarters indoors. I think I'll keep wearing a mask.
1: Well, you you actually should. I mean, if for no other reason than what we saw in the last year, which is masks actually help keep common colds away and help keep common flus away. And why why wouldn't you continue to do that? I don't want to walk into the Safeway and find out that people are not wearing masks. I don't. I yeah. think I think for, I will. think that should you be a change in the culture.
7: You, you will. Yeah, but so I'm not ready to take the them. mask I mean, off in the Safeway. I'm going to keep my mask
1: on indoors.
7: Big
4: news, they took well, the directional yeah. arrows out of the out of the aisles at Safeway, but now you go around. So we oh. our household has been fully vaccinated and we sort of have rules which is if we get to a playground where there are other families, we'll put the masks on. We'll put the masks on the four-year-old. But it's tough. You're walking around neighborhood streets where if you have the masks off, you're getting some of these looks, and it's this behavioral conditioning over the last year where how are we going to recognize, oh, somebody can be around us without a mask, and that's okay right now. It's just weird. Mm-hmm. It's all weird. It's all well, so weird. What it else? It kind of puts
6: business owners not- in a weird position, too, because if they are insisting sure. that you know, their, their staff and their, and their, their patrons that's right. still wear masks, you know this that could end up being a, a cause for even more conflict than we've seen over the past year.
1: Yes, and and it could hurt them in terms of business because somebody down the street could say, well, we're offering the same stuff and you don't have to wear a mask. There you go. So sure, sure, sure. Okay. What else, Nigel?
8: Ellen DeGeneres is uh, on oh, her show was yeah. going away uh, at the end of uh, the, the 2022, her 19th season. What I guess will be more than 3,000 episodes. Of course, hugely successful show for an incredibly long time. Then last summer, some reports started to surface from some, I guess, some ex-employees of the show saying that the, that she wasn't the nice person that the, the public persona is, and that there was you know unkind behavior and bullying behind the scenes, and that has led to uh, a hit in the radio. Um, but she says, uh, look, if I was quitting because of all that, I wouldn't have come back at all after last summer. No, I'm, I'm going away because it's not much of a challenge anymore. And I'm, as, a, as an artist and a creator, I want for new hills to climb and new challenges for myself. Well, Pat Collins doesn't have to worry about Ellen DeGeneres
1: tying his record. <laughs> um, I read a bunch of stories about her. And one of them, I remember, I remember thinking she was very funny when she did stand up. Mm-hmm. And that's mm-hmm. like 30 years yeah. ago, you know, at least oh, yeah. 30 years I ago. I agree. And yeah. one of the stories in the New York Times talked about the first joke she told on the Johnny Carson show, which is, I thought, really funny. So I will just tell it now where she says, you know, my my grandmother um, started walking. <laughs> 5 miles a day when she was 65 years old and there's a pause and she says she's 97 now we don't know where the hell she is
6: <laughs> and then after that
1: laugh she comes back with actually we do she's in prison and that's really funny that's really funny so and her talk her talk show was was very easy to watch yes. very easy to watch yep. right sure. and if you had if you if you had that on your network and you had the show after that. What a lead-in that gave you! What?
6: Well, so yeah. she's really. And, good. and the thing is, when, but when she started that show, no one thought it. No one thought it could even touch Oprah. Oprah at that time yes. was just a. That was a monster ratings grabber. There, there was it was it was the Mount Everest of daytime. And, yes. and I remember thinking a lot of us were, were working at. Um, uh, at ABC stations at that time, we're thinking, boy, what a, what a joke. What, what are they thinking? There's no way that she'll come anywhere close. We got this. We'll be king of the daytime forever. And lo and behold, she built that thing into a, a real empire. And you have to give her credit for it.
1: I do. I mean, I, I think she's been very, very, very good. We have anything else or are we done?
8: Uh, I've got one more story for you. Go um, we're going to save the story about Chicago for another time. There's a great story okay. about Chicago. We're going to get to another time because I want to give you an update on a story that started last Sunday. that was in Houston where there were reports oh, the tiger. and video of a tiger just roaming free through a neighborhood. Um, yeah. And off, you, you probably saw the video of the off-duty sheriff or deputy who was yeah. armed confronting the tiger, and then this bloke sort of just runs in and says, no, 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 don't shoot the tiger now. He's staying at this house. Well, that guy who who ran in to save the tiger was uh, Victor Hugo Cuevas, who's apparently on bond in relation to some <laughs> murder charge he had from 2017. <laughs> so right. what happened was he put the tiger into a car and then sped off, and the police lost track of him, and then they finally <laughs> caught up with, with – Quavis, okay. but the tiger wasn't with him. So now Quavis okay, well, has
1: been arrested. Stop stop for one second.
7: <laughs> Putting so a tiger he in a white in... Bronco by the way. It was a white Bronco.
1: <laughs> <laughs> Putting a tiger in the car with you is even dumber than filling gasoline into a bag. <laughs> Yes, really, unbelievably stupid. So we don't know where we still don't know where the tiger is, right? The is tiger. The point?
8: I checked this morning. The whereabouts of the tiger are still unknown. We think he's probably in some kind of safe house, not r- wandering the streets oh, alone. But Carol Baskin of the the that yeah. what was that? What yeah. was that show? Tiger King. The, yes, Tiger, tiger King. King. She has now put out a five thousand yeah. dollar reward for the you know for the capture. I, obviously, not the killing, but she wants to capture it safely and put it into uh, some sort of. uh you know, um, zoo or or wild? Sanctuary. Yes. Sanctuary. Thank you. Thank you, Tori. Um, the tiger's name, by the way, is it's a juvenile male named India. Um, so it's still on the loose and, and maybe it's not
1: going to respond to its name.
8: It's a tiger. (laughs) If you say here, India. (laughs) Yes. Well, well, my favorite line for the entire story was that apparently there was also a monkey at the house as well. So it was a monkey, a yeah. tiger, and you know some guy who's been charged with murder. So, are but, you, you sure know. Tyson's not okay. involved in this? Mike Tyson. Mike Tyson.
7: There are there are several great things about this story, and I have been following it very very closely. One is brought Carol Baskin back into our life. Right, yeah, she started. Still good. We all started the pandemic with her, so it is spectacular that she's back in the news. Too the fact that this guy is wanted for murder is secondary to the whole story. It's like, oh yeah, by the way, this guy wandering around town wanted for murder. Yeah, and yeah. Nigel, he evidently keeps several exotic animals, including two monkeys. Oh, two one monkeys. of whom he took with him to Yeah, one of whom he took with him to the dentist.
1: <laughs> I think that's important. Why is he allowed free on the street? I know it's a good question. Yeah. Well, I don't I'm I don't just, think
6: I, I can't okay. get over the, the, the off duty cop pulling a gun and it, it just, just stare at the tiger down. I'm like, if, if the tiger was wearing a hoodie, uh,
1: maybe,
3: maybe he would have done something.
1: <laughs> that's funny. That's actually funny. I would, I would hope that in his gun were tranquilizers. I, I would hope that that's why he was there. That he would. Trank the animal if he could, but I don't Can know. you
6: imagine being in line at the gas station uh, at, at, you know, waiting to get gas? With uh, this guy? <laughs> right. and, so, and some yeah. guy comes driving by with a tiger hanging out the window.
1: Yeah. You say, <laughs> okay, why don't you get go ahead of me? Let, you, yeah, please, yeah. <laughs> Thanks, everybody. Thank you, thank you Leon. <laughs> thank you. Thank, <laughs> thank you, guys. Tori. Bye. Bye. Right, guys. Be good. <laughs> we'll take a break. We'll come back with email and jingle. I'm Tony Kornheiser.
3: You're listening to the Tony Kornheiser Show.
1: This is the linen ad. It's spring again, or is it summer? What is time? Either way, it may be time for a change, especially around the house. So how about a change that makes you super comfortable and your home look good? Enter Brook linen was started to create beautiful, high-quality home essentials that don't cost an arm and a leg. That work directly with manufacturers to make luxury available directly to you without the luxury-level markup. So you get their amazing array of products. It's easier to say amazing array than wide array of products at a reasonable price. Brooklinen has something to match all of your comfort needs, and they're ideal for a seasonal refresh because they're launching new products, colors, and patterns all the time. Buttery, soft, breathable sheets, plush absorbent towels, cozy robes, comfy loungewear. So give yourself the comfort refresh you deserve and get it for less at Brooklinen. I bought this stuff. I endorse this personally. I bought it, and I like it. Go to brooklinen.com and use promo code TONY to get $20 off with a minimum purchase of $100. That's a good deal. That's B-R-O-O-K-L-I-N-E-N, brooklinen.com. Enter the promo code TONY for $20 off with a minimum purchase of $100. brooklinen.com, promo code TONY. Use the code, people. You're listening to The Tony Kornheiser Show.
3: One, two, one,
5: have a lean. you weigh 300 pounds, you do. (laughs) rapes and around on the golf course Avelina you can poke <laughs> out my eyes but michael won't be surprised because he lives here among other places <laughs> playing golf in the morning sun with michael wilbon we are having fun i look down to mark my store here comes a 300 pound wild boar javelina (laughs) you weigh 300 pounds you're just rapesing around on the golf course javelina you could poke out my eyes but michael won't be surprised because he lives here when
1: it's cold (laughs) that's from michael diesenhoff of avon connecticut where they have the avon golf club where i've played many many times and he says this is from a few years back when the critter who is clearly tracking wilbon showed his face on the links they live a long time and according to Wikipedia, purple really sets them off. That is the great Simon <laughs> and Garfunkel song as well. That was really, really you need an good. an updated version with Lil Bon. Real, Yes, really good. Now, if you want to do the Bethesda Bagel ad, please.
8: Yes, thank you, Mr. Tony. Bethesda Bagels, we love them. You will as well. Just go to BethesdaBagels.com for the location in the D.C. area nearest you. Then pop on in and you will be thrilled.
1: Okay, that'll do it for us today. Before we get to the mailbag, let me say you get up in the morning, you hear the ding-dong ring, you look upon the table, you see the same darn thing, you find no food upon the table, no pork up in the pan, but if you say a thing about it, you'd be in trouble with a man. I believe that's a Johnny Rivers song. Am I right on that? Johnny Rivers cover of
8: a Midnight Special, yes.
1: That's right, that's right. Thanks to our guests today, the great Andy Byer, Mark Feinsand of MLB.com, Leon Harris, Tory Clark. Thanks as well to our sponsors, Smathers and Branson. Brooklinen, Zip Recruiter. Remember, you can listen to us on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Google Play, Odyssey. If you get the show through iTunes, please leave us a review. On a personal note, I got a couple of lovely, lovely emails. One from Adam, Adam Benson in St. John's in Newfoundland um, about the littles reaching out to him. And I got a lovely obituary by Jason Bailey for his dad, Russell Bailey. It's, they're just very nice. Thank you for sharing. Those emotional things with me, I appreciate that. From Anthony Jones in Falls Church, Virginia, Michael mentioned he was watching the Walker Cup over the weekend. To whom do we need to speak to get the name changed to the Bootsy Cup? Working on it. we got Sands Sans helping out. I mean, couldn't the great Jimmy Dunn have
4: something? What's so great is Liz, years later, started to connect the dots about Walker. Walker and, and realizing, oh, it's a family name for another prominent American family. She had no idea. Yeah.
1: Really? None? none. Oh, that's amazing. Uh, from Bobby Gottfried. While I was glad to hear you received your box of that from my brother, even if he did send you one before me, I have to correct the record here. Michael's my younger brother. I taught him everything he knows. If the venture is a success, I'm taking full credit. Well, at least half of it. I guess he deserves some for doing literally all of the work to get the business up and running. In the meantime, I'll anxiously await my very own box, now en route. Did you- Did I you brought pack- him out
4: to the putting green. Rolled end over end. Have a nice, simple alignment uh, tool on the side. Did you like
1: them? Yeah, well, we'll have to try it out on the golf course. Piper, I'm gonna try it the next time I play. The round, the bounce. Rob Lowe, not that Rob Lowe, from North Royalton, <laughs> Ohio. I speak of this not only as a healthcare professional, but as a fan of the Cleveland Indians who had the joy of watching Brad Hand for a few seasons. I can safely say that you have a better chance of having a heart attack watching Brad (laughs) Hand blowing a save than getting COVID with a vaccination. Yes, it can happen, but your health is at a much bigger risk when there is a save situation for the Nats. And you will definitely have a risk for PTSD. On Monday's show, when you mentioned (laughs) Hand's name, I instinctively said, oh, then I remembered he isn't my problem anymore. Thanks for making sure we all get a big laugh and be safe. Three in a row, save or win situations, blown. Three in a row. And then Davey said, Brad Hand didn't lose this game. We all lost He's this gonna game. He's going to have to pitch no, through it. Brad Hand lost the game. Still looking down at the mound, <laughs> kicking the dirt. I can't find my footing. And by the way, you'll notice yesterday, he didn't, he didn't pitch. They Three. didn't put him in. Two on, you have to bring in Hudson. He didn't put him in. Um, from Dave Arnold in Broomall, Pennsylvania. That's their Philly, isn't it? Broomall, Pennsylvania. An interesting tidbit about the song Stagger Lee. Stack Lee Shelton fatally shot Billy Lyons on Christmas Day, 1895 in St. Louis. In the past several decades, artists of all genres and background have taken to the song. A dedicated online site, the definitive list of Stagger Lee songs, names 426 distinct singers who have put the song on wax or vinyl. They include Ma Rainey, Cab Calloway, Jimmy Dorsey, Duke Ellington, James Brown, Fats Domino. Peggy Lee, Bob Dylan, Woody Guthrie, Carl Sandberg, Mississippi John Hurt, Doc Watson, Pete Seeger, Ike and Tina Turner, Nick Cave, Amy Winehouse, Taj Mahal, Wilson Pickett, Elton John, Leon Russell, The Grateful Dead, Huey Lewis, Beck, The Black Keys, and The Clash. However, the definitive version of the song came out in 1959 when rhythm and blues singer Lloyd Price topped mm-hmm. the charts with his snappy, horn-drenched version. That's he's He's certainly number one. Just west oh, of yeah. 476. That's yeah, it's, yeah. I thought it was. I thought it was near there. From Dan Moore, I'm a longtime listener from the ESPN days. Along with your show, I listen to several other podcasts. But when I listen to podcasts, I usually listen at one and a half times speed to get move. through them. Your podcast is the exception to <laughs> my rule. Your podcast is played at regular speed to be savored, like a small batch bourbon or a Cohiba. A couple of weeks ago, you talked about the great movie, That Thing You Do. I know you have mentioned it several times over the years about how great it is, but in all the times you have mentioned it, you have failed to mention one person. You have never mentioned the head of Playtone Records, Sol Seiler, played <laughs> by Alex Rocco, who we talked about the other day. He right. was a good actor. In another movie, his character worked his way out of the street. During Prohibition, he ran molasses into Canada, made a fortune. Later on, he had an idea to build a city out of a desert stopover for G.I.s on the way to the West Coast. That kid's name was Mo Green, and the city he invented was Las Vegas. This was a great man, a man of vision and guts, and there isn't even a plaque or a signpost or a statue of him in that town. Many thanks for the years of entertainment and information for life. Now, that is the speech... That, uh, that is made by Lee Strasberg, right? Right, as Hyman Roth, that's right. As Hyman Roth, you know, when he says, and when he was killed, I let it go. I let it go. It's, it go. it's just, <laughs> this is the business we have chosen. <laughs> and from Gabriel Renault, the show's former official Iraq correspondent, let's revisit the question of a $1,000 for an eight-person dinner. Did I hear you correctly on Wednesday's show when you confidently declared Applebee's to be a restaurant? In 2016, you dedicated a full block of the show with Gary, Liz, and Nigel to that question. McDonald's was in your crosshairs on that occasion, but you specifically singled out Applebee's for disapprobation. Um, so this is so I said that it is not; it's not a an actual restaurant. So I probably shouldn't go back on that. No, we got um, we got. T- you know what? I'm going to save the others for Monday uh schedule next week we may do monday tuesday wednesday for those of you who wait for the podcast we may skip friday and do monday tuesday wednesday if you're out on your bike tight everyone as always do wear white
3: who's your favorite pitcher Max scherzer. what does max
7: scherzer do thanks who's your favorite batter Toto. soto uh. <laughs>
5: got some news just the other day The kind of news that makes a man say Well, I'll be damned (laughs) Yeah, I'll be damned Can you repeat that just so I'm clear You see, there's something wrong lately with my ear I might not have heard you right Yeah, you heard me right, boy time that you start living my advice is that you get to giving all your heart start loving right pray if you're a religious man and hug your family all you can lay that anger down while you're still around So I took up painting And I told all my bad jokes to my little one I asked forgiveness from my father and both my sons I held my wife so tight And I professed my love for day and night I can't explain the kind of peace I found While I'm still around Everyone wants to take a look inside, poke around, see what they can find, open up a boy for all the world to see. Yeah, it's not just the stage that I'm going through, guess it's preordained. What can you do? Why not me? I guess why not me? It's time that you start believing. Hurry up now, cause that train is leaving and it's moving way too fast. But it's been a blast. Drive like you just arrived. Ain't no one getting out of here alive. Make sure love abounds while you're still around. Times, sweet closing times, all the signs along the way. to my little one I ask forgiveness from the Father And from the Son I held my wife so tight And I profess my love for day and night Can't explain the kind of peace I've found While I'm still around you yeah, why? I love still alive
3: It over their heads Like doing the flicks Oh, we're having a ball In this cruciate brawl That's how we get our kicks You find the Cook Wanna win the fight Fight, Danny Another day. Another day You're back to Cause you want